Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by hipstersofthecoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. Magic is power. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry, me. What's up, Jerry? Oh, yo-ho-ho, Pat. Actually, I was trying to go for Santa Claus, but I was more of a pirate, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can kind of dig like, really a pirate. I really felt like adding that yo in the beginning. <laughs> I can dig a pirate Santa Claus, like, mashup. That's kind of cool. <laughs> mashups are a big deal now, right? That's a, that's a popular thing. Yeah, it's, it's cool with the kids. Kids like mashups. Um... <laughs> Uh, well, we are doing the Christmas charity drive. I guess we can talk about that real quick. Um, we have the Time Vault, the Unlimited Time Vault, uh, donated up by the Dead Format podcast um, that we are currently raffling off. Um, well, Jerry, how many entries are on that Time Vault right now? Uh, I think we're up to 530, that's I want to say. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So so here's the flip side, is that technically we're in a race with the Dead Format, <laughs> and they are crushing us right now. So we need you guys to buy some. No, 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 Pat. Pat, technicality. The Dead Format donated it to us to raffle <laughs> off. So it is technically our item and counts for us, even that's though they true. provided it. Well, they did put it on our Facebook page, right? So there's something to be said for that. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, so that's that's great. I'm really excited. I'm actually going to try to pick the family tonight so we have uh, a family to shop for. And I think an idea we were batting around today was um, <laughs> was uh, getting us all to go out shopping like uh, supermarket sweep style. And uh, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it like both cast together in real life. And uh, yeah, I was able to get some good pictures and some I, good videos. I was talking about earlier with uh, our group chat just how pumped I was because I fucking love toy shopping. No matter <laughs> how old I'll get, I'll just I still love just like walking down the aisles of toys. And then t- Tom was scolding me. He's like, "We have to get them stuff like like coats and stuff." Yeah. And so so I assigned Tom to all the boring stuff, and he didn't like that. <laughs> Fun Uncle Jerry will get all the cool shit. Um, yeah, I, I know that before I had kids, I would still, like, when I had to go to Target to get stuff, I'd still walk down the toy aisle and see if there was any cool Star Wars Bubba Fetts that I wanted. So <laughs> Yeah, um, you just see all the toys, you're like, you're like, damn, why couldn't this exist when I was a kid? This is yeah, sweet. Or, 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 I mean, this stuff existed, I just didn't have any money, so <laughs> it's pretty cool when I have money. Um, but yeah, so we'll we'll have some f- stuff over there. I actually have a couple of place, uh, a couple play mats. Um, lesser known playmats uh, that I'm just going to put up for like five bucks. And if someone wants to give me five bucks, I'll ship it to them. Um, and we'll just um, add that to the charity drive. And then after the time vault, we're, uh, we're doing this at a quick pace because Christmas is fast approaching. Yeah, um, yeah. Our deadline is the 14th. We have to get everything donated by. Yeah, I think so. I, mean, I think like we might even like, I think we might even, I might even float, float some personal money. Yeah. So we I get think all the we'll, shopping done. Exactly. And we'll, just, we'll square it up. And then any extra we have afterwards, we can just donate to a, uh, to a charity like that, just in kind of the same vein, so that yes. all the money is obviously going to a great cause. Um, we'll, I'll just put up some of my own personal personal dough in the interim, so, so we can get that stuff done well before the holiday. Uh, Fla- is flash forward six months, Pat gets arrested for uh, money laundering <laughs> through a children's charity. <laughs> oh man, shoot for the moon, Jerry. Um, yeah. So, anyways, I'm really excited about that. Um, but yeah, that's that's all we we kind of wanted to touch on there. The Christmas charity drive is uh, is up and going, and uh, again, like oh. 
The, real, real quick, too, after the time vault, we have the Tropical Island Mike Hilton do- donated. Yeah, so. we should probably do that. You might want to I'm, post I'm, I'm going to post that soon, yeah. yeah um, so that's going to be up. Today. When you were listening to this, the Tropical Island raffle will already have been running, and we're going to pull uh, names for that, uh, for that on Monday the 10th. We're going to awesome. pull names for the time vault in Tropical Sounds Island. Good. Sounds good. Yeah, that's going to be great. Um, awesome. Well, yeah, so... Christmas charity drive is in full swing. Um, once again, all of our, I mean, we just finished a charity drive and then we started the Christmas charity drive and there was like no slack from our listeners. The, the, the community we've, we have built, the community we are a part of is just so awesome and we're so thankful for it. Um, Ian and Tom are just great guys too and it's great to do a, something uh, in combination with them for the holidays. So thank you so much to everyone who's, uh, who's already donated and, uh, really excited to get all this done and, uh, get this, Get these gifts to off to a good family, man. It's going to be great. Hell yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, Jerry, do you want to introduce our, our, our cool guest tonight? Hell yeah. We have the one and only Michael Lewis, better known by his internet notoriety, Lewis CBR, end boss of Moto Leagues Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for inviting me onto your cast. I'm a big fan of the show, so this is like a dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, but yeah, no, we wanted to have you on for a while because uh, you're a very well-known uh, moto grinder, and it, it's one of those things that gets thrown around a lot, and I think people say it more than they understand it, but moto just is its own beast. It is its own meta, very different from the paper meta, and there are people like yourself who are just you know masters of this format. Even though I don't think you play very much paper uh, legacy, is that right? No, I don't really get out to a lot of tournaments. But uh, I remember when like you know when Moto first started doing leagues, and then they do started doing the leaderboard. Like that's kind of when things changed for me, and I decided like hell, maybe I'll just try to get my name at the top of this list, you know? Yeah. And it, uh, it feels like wizards, uh, as much as people are decrying, like arena being the end of uh, moto wizards is actually ramping up uh, their support for moto in some ways, with the new way to qualify for, uh, the pro tours and the PPTQs through moto. Um, oh man, I'm super excited about this new FP system they got coming up. So yeah, we can probably talk about that. A little yeah. Bit do too. you know much about it? I read it briefly, but I do not have any amount of mastery. of. <laughs> so the link that wizards put up, of course they over explained everything. And they yeah, about- <laughs> it seems super complicated. And then mm-hmm. I think Max explained it in two sentences. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to Max about it also. And I feel like if you ignore everything that they said about the whole Mox playoffs and what they're revamping with that, because um, that won't really pertain to a lot of people. If you just think about the FPs, uh, I guess they're in- implementing a system here where if you earn enough FPs, you can join a quarterly tournament. And real and quick, then, what, what's an FP for our listeners who don't have any more? Okay, experience? I think they're calling it format points. So you yeah. will you will get different format-specific points based on the league that you're playing, whether it's Legacy or Modern or what have mm-hmm. you. Um, and to briefly go into that, I think if you 4-1 a league, you get two FPs. And if you 5-0 a league, you get five FPs. Once you've accumulated 35 FPs, you get to play in the quarterly tournament. And what's great about the quarterly tournament is not only... Is it only going to be exclusive to people who get 35 FP? So it might be relatively small. Uh, there's speculation on whether, is it going to be bigger than a challenge? Is it going to be less than a challenge? I guess we'll find out during the first quarter one. Um, but the entire top eight of the, of the quarterly tournament will get to go to the final playoff. And the final playoff is playing for a spot on the Pro Tour? Yeah. So I guess the top eight from each quarterly tournament will then play their own tournament. So that's only 32 people. 
to where the winner of that tournament gets to go to the pro tour. That's how it's going to work. And the way it was explained is like, this is probably the most difficult way to qualify for the pro tour, but I also you know, feel it's <laughs> one of the most dynamic and interesting ways to qualify for the pro tour. People say that, but I'm wondering, like I've played in some challenges. I don't have a ton of time on my hands to like play for 10 hours on a Sunday for these uh, weekly challenges. But when the challenges were monthly, uh, I used to play in the monthly challenges just because it was like an event, like, oh, I'm going to set aside some time to play in the monthly challenge. And, you know, top eighteen is not easy, but it's completely doable. So I feel like I, I kind of feel like I've already punched my ticket into the 32 person <laughs> tournament. I like <laughs> secretly to myself, I'm thinking I'm like a 32 person tournament away from the pro tour. So I kind of feel like it's it's not that difficult because getting 35 FPs for grinders like me in the leagues is not going to be a problem. Well, that's, that's why I think it's going to be a fairly large pool because 35, if, if 5-0 gives you five FPs and 4-1-ing gives you three, I think that is very, very easy to get uh, 35 FPs within a three-month time frame. Like, yeah, that's true. Keep, they're quarterlies, keep in mind. That's a lot of time. Even just a casual player who you know plays one or two leagues a week and is, is decent, they're going to get 35 FPs. And apparently the prize pool is kind of increased on these quarterlies, so uh, people are going to want to play them. So I'm kind of speculating that anybody who probably has like four or five trophies or more is probably the people who will be qualified for these quarterlies. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you look at the list, I can't even think about it off my head. Maybe that's about 50 people. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, it looks like about 50 people. So it'll be interesting. Uh, speaking of the list, uh, you are currently in second place on the de facto Moto leader, leaderboards. Uh, <laughs> Oli R. I feel like we know what Oli R. I feel he's in the group chat. So Pat, if I told you that there is a magic leaderboard out there that has Hall of Famer Ali Rod at the top and then Michael Lewis from Colorado <laughs> second. Would you be impressed? Uh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, that's the only thing that you get for being on the leaderboard for Moto is just impressing your friends because there's no prize pool whatsoever. <laughs> yes, yes. You are very famous for for really loving this leaderboard, and I can understand it um, to the fact that it's almost it's almost become part of your, your reputation. How and how um, much of a personal pride is it for uh for you know seeing your name on that leaderboard well it's a lot and i remember like so i was as we were talking about earlier when moto first implemented leagues like here's what's funny about moto when they first implemented leagues instead of having a leaderboard they used to have your current record on the front page so if you were 4-0 sometimes it was fun just to sit on it for like two or three days because you would be at the top of the list as like a 4-0 player and then once you finish that league you would just get wiped away from the board or something um, but then they got away with that system and they actually decided to implement, well, if you 5-0, we'll give you a trophy, quote unquote, right? Um, and as far as prizes go for winning these uh, these trophy races, you know, I'm kind of used to it because uh, like I used to grind a lot of Warcraft 3 and Starcraft ladders and even like Diablo ladders. So you're like, used to grinding useless items for Yeah, benefit. and like you didn't win anything for that. <laughs> and like even back in my childhood, you know, I'm a big Final Fantasy fan and I used to grind the crap out of those games just to get my players to level 99 just for like no reason whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. like, give me the longest, most it's, boring thing and I'll just sit down and do it. It's like your friend's like, you know there's a cheat code for that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I think people get the wrong impression on the, uh, on the trophy race sometimes because they... Uh, they kind of assume that these guys are like phenomenal players and I'm clearly like making a joke. Like I am not in the, 
any category, any, I will never put myself in a category with Hall of Famer Ali Rod. But it just, <laughs> it just so happens that it, ha- that it is this way on this leaderboard. Because honestly, the trophy race is just like a sub game of Magic Online itself. Like the game is just try to get as many trophies as you possibly can. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so like, I feel like I'm, I'm like, I don't think I'm great at Magic. I think I'm good at Magic. But what, I am good at and what I what I think I am great at is just games in general. Like mm-hmm. if you show me a game and you give me a set of rules, I can normally find like a good strategy to like circumvent those rules or to like play within the rules but to like win the game sort of thing. So when yeah. Moto first implemented trophies, I thought to myself, well number 1, I have to be on this leaderboard. And number 2, <laughs> let me go read the rules and figure out like what kind of tips and tricks can I do to get myself like at the top of this leaderboard? And I think that's the game. So that's kind of what's interesting to me. It's like, yes, I'm playing magic, but I'm also just playing the game of trophies itself. <laughs> you're you're min-maxing. Speaking of that, <laughs> I've heard, I don't know if this is just hearsay, but I've heard you've been known to concede when you lose your first game in a, uh, in a uh, league. So you can Sometimes, hop in another one. <laughs> well, that just leads me right into it. Like that's part of the strategy. Like you cannot take three hours to play a league if you're going to try to be at the top of this leaderboard. So like one of my strategies is, is you have to be quick. And if I'm already 2-1, say I'm 2-1 and I come up against Miracles, I'm just going to be like, screw this match, turn one counterbalance, or say he turned two counterbalances me, I'm just going to scoop it and move on. Like, we, got, we got more leads <laughs> so to now, play. So now not only are you chasing after a worthless prize, you're actually just th- burning money in pursuit of a worthless prize. <laughs> it's way, all the maybe, game. But I love it. I did a little bit of math on that. And like, I mean, another thing that I was that I'm kind of known for is that I... I sometimes owe one drop my leagues too, just because I know that that league is going to be kind of worthless to get a trophy at that point. So if you owe one drop, you're clearly maximizing the amount of leagues you can play, the amount of like five O's you're trying to get. And I ran a simulation. And if you owe one drop, you're really not losing that many tickets. And to me, it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Assuming you're good enough because you do. You, I mean, five owing a league is a good payoff. Like if you can consistently five O, like you can make bank grinding legacy leagues yeah that is true and there are people who grind for trophies and there are people who grind for tickets and people have their different reasons but uh like for me i see a leaderboard and i just want to be on top (laughs) but like uh so speaking of like i have some numbers here for you so you're right that like 508 is still not the easiest thing in the world let's say that you're a 50 percent player you win half your games like that's probably an enjoyable magic career like you could go to any fnm you could go to any sort of tournament just do 50 50 and you have a good time but you're only gonna 503 percent of your leagues if that's your win rate i feel attacked <laughs> <laughs> are you known to have a 50 percent win rate there? i'm sorry uh, but then it jumps up pretty high like uh i've recorded my own win rate before and it's around 66 online and then I should expect to 5-0 of my leagues. So like if I really want to crank out a trophy to catch someone, I kind of have an idea of how many leagues I need to play before I'll just spike one. Hmm. All right. <laughs> so you're you're definitely into the math. Like you you're running simulations, <laughs> you're great. So Well, I am an accountant by trade. So uh, of just, course. Yeah, I'm not exactly uh grinding the tickets to retire here. I've got a great game for you to try. It's called Eve Online, also known as Spreadsheets <laughs> don't, and don't Space. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the formula to grinding trophies, like I've I've boiled it down to three things. Like it's the amount of leagues that you play, it's your win percentage. 
And then it's also just the grind itself, because like you mentioned earlier, leagues are about three months long, which is a long time. There are people who in the first couple of weeks might get four or five trophies and they're at the top of the leaderboard immediately. But by the time that week 10 rolls around, which is kind of where we are right now, those people just they just they stop playing. They just don't have the drive to keep grinding. So like I remember I didn't start off this season very well, but I just continued to do one or two trophies a week. And then, lo and behold, I'm right behind Ollie here. So we'll, um, see, how, we'll see how these last couple of weeks go. <laughs> I remember one time a couple of years ago, or not a couple, uh, probably like a year and a half ago, I uh, uh, was home. I had the day off on the day the leagues reset, and I was mm. playing around with uh, Dredge at that time. And so I just hopped in a league and I just like quickly just got super lucky and five owed. And it, I had uh, one trophy on the first day. So I was the top of the leaderboard and it was the only time I've ever been on the top of the leaderboard, but it was a very happy moment. So. <laughs> I'm proud of you. See, doesn't that feel great? Just, like, it did, it did, did feel great. <laughs> it's like when you go to uh, like a, a big tournament and uh, they do players meeting and you get assigned uh, seat number one. You're like, yes, <laughs> highest I'll be all day. <laughs> Never going to leave this chair. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Oh man, uh, awesome! Uh, and uh, I think people know, but for those who know, your your preferred playstyle is Delver. Yeah, so I do like the aggro decks. Um, I've kind of been a rug Delver player, switched over to Grixis Delver player for like my legacy career, and then I occasionally pick up Eldrazi Stompy just because I feel like it's a a pretty good aggressive deck. <laughs> also, nice. And uh, and because you mentioned that before, you're maximizing time. Like you can't be the trophy leader if you're just grinding miracles all day. Which is why I have a ton of respect for Stefanogs, who is uh, up in there in the top five of trophies, also because he's been playing nothing but miracles all season, at least that I know of. And I know that that's not easy to get through a league. Damn, yeah, for sure. But you know, like speaking of Eldrazi, like just kind of like switch topics a little bit. It's funny that. Um, so I am a fan of tempo decks, and I I remember listening to a podcast the other day. Um, where one of the co-hosts had mentioned that, like, uh, you know, like vintage shops, he thinks is sort of a tempo deck because it's like your sphere effects and your chalices, they're kind of like your dazes. And then you're playing above curve with just like undercosted creatures that you're powering out faster than your opponent. And, and Delver's like a very same way. Like you're disrupting your opponent with counter magic and you're playing creatures above curve because like a 3-2 flyer for one is very good value, and so is a 5-5 for one. And that's kind of the same thing as like a turn two thought knots here. Like you're just, you're playing above curve and you're disrupting your opponent. And I think that's just the style that I like. Yeah, I can see that. That's a, yeah, it's definitely a very interesting way to think about magic and, you know, the different schools of thought. Like you would think after 20 years, we would have figured out something as basic as what's a tempo deck, but it's still, (laughs) you know, very much up for debate and, you know, innovation. Yeah. I just like to tell people that it's, if you're, if you're playing stuff for cheaper than it should be played, and if you're disrupting your opponent, then you're probably tempo. (laughs) (laughs) It's like how a hot dog is a sandwich, right, Pat? Oh, shut it, Jerry. Um, speaking of sweet new Delver decks, there's a new kid on the block. Um, I've been paired against it three times so far on, uh, on Moto Leagues and LSV made a video about it the other day. So I feel like the deck's only going to get more, more popular from here. Um, but you want to talk about this, uh, new list that's floating around? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, this is the Arclight Phoenix list, right, Jerry? Yeah, Arclight Phoenix, um, which is from uh, the new Ravnica set. 
and it's uh it's playing above curve because you're basically playing it for free ideally <laughs> um it costs three and a red but ideally you're never playing for paying that uh flying haste three two and it says at the beginning of combat on your turn, so it gets to attack right away, and it's not exposed to a main phase. Um, if you cast three or more instant and sorcery spells this turn, return Arclight Phoenix from your graveyard to the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're pairing this with Delver of Secrets for a quick clock, um, and they are just kind of dumping it in their graveyard with things like fa- uh, Faithless Looting and Thought Scour. Um, we were talking, we asked a couple other lists that were floating around or running chart the course as another mm-hmm. way to dump it into the graveyard. Yeah, um, this list is interesting. Um, I, I know I've played against the modern version multiple times and I'm shocked at how consistently they, they draw this card and, and are able to put it into their, uh, into their bin there. So yeah. it might, it has potential in legacy possibly. Definitely. Um, I could almost even see those thought scours being careful studies too. I mean, right. four faithless looting, four ca- careful studies. It's like you can put that in your graveyard whenever you want. <laughs> yeah. So then it just comes down to: Do you have the density of instants and sorceries to get it back? Maybe on turn three every time. Mm-hmm. And with a format full of cantrips, that answer should be yes. I don't know if maybe even Manamorphos could make its way into a list like this because I feel yeah. like that's really what drives it in modern. Right. And uh, LSV's list that he posted is actually running three copies of Gutshot as a way. And it, I just think it's like, <laughs> imagine if this came around when Fra- uh, Cataxian Probe was still legal. Yeah, like, I, I feel that would be thing. nuts. <laughs> this seemed like it would be a perfect card with Cataxian Probe. So without Probe, I'm hesitant on it. But I do feel like Delver, and Grixis Delver especially, is, is maybe just one good creature away from being busted again. And this creature is worth testing to see if it's the one. Yeah, for sure. Um, I wonder if Noxious Revival <laughs> could see some play in this deck. I feel that would be interesting. <laughs> uh, you could like put a bolt on top and then cantrip into it, then bolt your opponent, and get your phoenixes back. Like it <laughs> seems kind of sweet. <laughs> yeah, or even just like brainstorm Noxious Revival, brainstorm, and uh, just keep draw- like stacking cards and drawing them again. <laughs> I guess what modern has that legacy doesn't is a lack of counter spells. So I know with Arc like Phoenix, all you have to do is cast your instant. It doesn't have to resolve. But if someone counters your mana morphos, then you're probably done for the turn. Uh, and in modern, like that just never seems to happen. Like it just always resolves. What I really like, which is real spicy, uh, is LSV was running a single copy of Lava Dart. And that card is super interesting because Lava Dart is one red, uh, deal one damage to uh, target creature or player. Flashback, oh, flashback, okay. flashback, sacrifice a mountain. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> so it is free, sort of, for the most it's part. It's free. Like you, you sack can... <laughs> a mountain and get it back. But it's just like, it was. it's hilarious. And obviously also uh, we haven't mentioned uh, the rest of the creature base. They're running two young pyromancers, also taking advantage of all these uh, counters. All the, I'm sorry, all these spells being thrown around. And then also two bedlam reveler. Um, cause you're filling the graveyard pretty quick and it, it, <laughs> I love just it's casting all my spells, Bedlam Reveler's last card in my hand, and then just drawing three new cards and getting a, a beast, uh, to stick around. Yeah. It sounds spicy. Uh, I have to admit that like you had said, you've run into it three times now for as much grinding as I do. I have yet to see the deck in any competitive legacy league, but it did get me thinking and I've thought about playing it myself, but, uh, then 
like the card is also stupid expensive, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's really what's holding it back and seeing more play. I mean, it might have just been the person like I just got lucky and the person who has this deck and is testing it out is also on like my same schedule for playing Modo, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is why I see him all the time. But um, yeah, Arclight Phoenix is a $30 card right now. <laughs> Jeez, I might, so, I might be a big fan of burning tickets by 01 dropping. <laughs> stuff, but, yeah, but, you know, I, I play the same two decks for a reason because I'm just not a big fan of like buying multiple decks and then turning them over online. Yeah, so like 120 tickets, which equals $120, is kind of a lot for an unproven strategy that might still just be just a flash in the pan. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of a fan of sitting back and see if someone else breaks in it, if someone else can break it. But then at the same time, if someone else does break it, we're going to be looking at a 40 or $50 card. <laughs> <laughs> what is it with Phoenixes? Like Wizards has just been pushing Phoenixes for the last couple sets, and they've been super expensive. I don't know, and I don't know how much modern you play, but I feel like... I cannot believe that like R&D was sitting around a boardroom table and decided, you know what modern needs is more ways to abuse faithless looting in graveyards. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's exactly what the format is right now anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think this list is sweet. Um, it's, it's definitely making the rounds. I hope more people play it. I hope Mark like Phoenix becomes cheaper. <laughs> so more people can try it out. It's always really annoying seeing a cool card. That's also seeing play in modern and standard because all the legacy players are like, man, I can't wait, can't wait to play with that card in two years when it rotates and it <laughs> drops in price. <laughs> but that's kind of my impression on it. Like maybe I'll play with it later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then we were, <laughs> Uh, but in the meantime, do you want to talk about like Grixis Delver? Because yeah, I feel let's like talk about where Grixis is at. Yeah, like you know, Grixis got hit by the bans probably harder than any deck that a card ban has ever banned before. Oh, like. that come on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Flash Hulk with Flash being banned. Okay, well then maybe that killed the entire deck. <laughs> yeah, come, come on. But I do think I know that you people, love Grixis. <laughs> I do think that people thought that these bands would kill Grixis Delver, and and it did for a little bit. Like the you know the how far away from the bands are we? About four to five months at this point. Um, more than that, it was the oh yeah about actually yeah five months because when was the first Legacy Open, Pat? Uh, which Legacy Open? I'm sorry. Oh, ours, uh, our first one. Ours July, is June thirtieth. June thirtieth. June thirtieth. Yeah, and because I remember Probe and Deathrite were banned a week after our tournament. Correct, man. It still feels like just yesterday because, like, there is not a set stock Grixis Delver list uh, floating around out I, there. I kind of love that though, right? Like, because you see some more Grixis control lists, then you see Grixis Delver lists, and I don't know. I yeah, really, I you love know what? that. It's kind of par for the course because, like, even Miracles, you're not going to find two identical lists for Miracles and Grixis Control, I guess, either. So people are experimenting. They want to throw in whatever flavor that they can. Yeah. Um, but I, what I have found difficult about the new Grixis Delver is just trying to fill those one drops. Like, pro, I mean, you're, you're trying to find seven to eight one drops to replace a card that did everything and then a card that was free. So you're ending up with weird mixes of, like, discards and preordains and extra removal mm-hmm. and i'm throwing in some stifles and trying that out again with along with all the other one drops that are there so it's a little clunkier than it used how to be. how have you found stifle to be because i mean we can uh talk about this a little bit later but the online metagame has especially gone super heavy into combo um and i imagine that a card like uh stifle is is not obviously nice against a deck like storm and has utility in other matchups as well so uh, how do you, do you yeah. feel like Stifle has gone up in stock? It's strange because like I feel like 
it still feels slightly medium. I think a lot of people are playing basics right now also and not as many fetches maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so Stifle itself has been kind of a mixed bag, but like I, its number one primary use is to still hit fetch lands. I feel like if you can hit a fetch land with Stifle, you should fire it off and do it. Hmm. But otherwise, it does come in handy as just a disruption tool that does things that other cards like counter spells and burn and removal doesn't do. So it fills a void that I think Delver can use to its advantage for sure. Hmm. Uh, Lewis, you were talking about how there's no stock uh, Grixis Delver list, and I understand that. But I, I think Mangucci has, has solved the riddle. Have oh, you really? Seen, <laughs> have you seen his latest his, uh, video? I haven't. So do do, so. Uh, don't you mean his, don't you mean uh, his video? His, yes, his latest video. Uh, we gotta get Mangucci on, actually. That's yeah, well, he actually he messaged me about coming on, so we'll we'll do that in the in the near future. For yeah, sure. so we'll get Mangucci on. But yeah, he he posted a video with a uh, sweet list, uh, <laughs> uh, Delver and Chill. <laughs> is what I'm calling it. <laughs> uh, pretty stocked uh, in the beginning, you know, regular uh, Grixis uh, Delver mana base, except it's running a single Tundra. Don't get worried, we'll get there. <laughs> Um, four brainstorm, four ponder, four lightning bolt, four thought scour to pair with mm. the four Gurmag angler, which is actually a strategy I like, and I, I think more people should try out. Is just like going the, super the, heavy on the graveyard. Yeah, the turbo, with, the uh, turbo Gurmag plan. You see yeah, that? that list has popped up, and I feel like like someone with four Gurmags won something recently. So yeah. I, I, it might be on people's radar. Also, I I played it. I tried it in Bug, and I loved it because it basically felt like thought scour was a dark ritual that drew a card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if if it certainly pairs well when you're running like some number of true true name nemesis as well because you get these really kind of diverse difficult to deal with uh, creatures in the board uh with, yeah that are give you a really fast clock so the feel bads um, are when you accidentally like mill over two of your volcanics or something yes and then you get the third one wastelanded <laughs> and you're just like man and this you're like terrible and then you're like did i also add green for life for the loan did i do that <laughs> And of course you didn't. No. Um, but yeah, so then Creature Suite finishing it off, two young Pyromancer, four Delver of Secrets, got the regular four days, four Force of Will, but the spicy package, three Intuition, and a Lingering Souls, hence the Tundra. Oh, <laughs> and the reason why he's running Intuitions is for four Creeping Chills. Oh gosh, well that reminds me of Stifle. So yesterday, I got a 5-0 yesterday, and I got it on my fifth match in game three, when I'm playing as Manalus Dredge, and he's about to just blow up, like, he's at five, about to die, because I have two Delvers on my side, and I just need one more turn. I'm thinking, like, God, just don't hit something ridiculous, because he's about to mill his entire deck. He mills a creeping chill, and I stifle it, and then I swing and kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That's a good to know. I did not realize uh, that was a stifleable. Yeah, yeah, it makes so sense. So creeping chill, officially a terrible magic card. <laughs> Yep, anecdotal evidence is always correct. <laughs> uh, Creeping Chill is a new card for people who don't know it, also from Guilds of Ravnica. I feel Guilds of Ravnica gave us a lot of cool legacy playable stuff, so I'm excited. Um, but three and a black, probably never casting it, because really it's when it goes into your graveyard from your library, a.k.a. with intuitions or being milled with thought scours, um, you uh, can cast it for free, and it the uh, target player loses three life and you gain three life. So you intuition for creeping chill 
and you get a creeping chill in your hands, or actually, no, you just intuition for uh, lingering souls even in two creeping chills. Actually, no, then they would pick. Sorry, I'm figuring out this line as I talk here. <laughs> yeah, I guess you just have to do the three creeping chills. Yeah, just the three creeping chills, and I guess you can also just do a lingering souls when you whenever you want. Um, but yeah, creeping chills, you basically dome them for six and gain six, which hmm. in Grixis Delver, I mean, that that's relevant in a race situation. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and you know, it's the threat package that like, so he's playing lingering souls in that one. And then, you know, I, I think I heard you say some pyromancers and stuff, but it's, yeah. it's the threat package that I think has been so different between different Grixis Delver lists. Like I, I'm yeah. still on the fence on how many Gurmogs do I want? How many true names do I want to play bitter blossom at all? Like, and how many pyromancers, uh, it was just the, the threats were pretty, uh, stock in the old versions, you know? Yeah, I think, uh, but it, it feels like there's a lot of different versions of the deck. And I, I, I like that. I like that you can kind of, what is your flavor of Grixis Delver? Yeah. And it doesn't feel too bad right now. Like we have mentioned before, there's a lot of combo online, but it's, and, and it's funny every time anybody asks me like, Hey, what are the good and bad matchups for Delver? I always tell them like, everything feels bad when you're sitting down <laughs> yeah. with Delver. <laughs> Like your opponent just goes turn one exploration. You're like, ugh, lands. And then you're like, next round, ugh, storm. But somehow you pull those games out. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like it should be a bad meta for Delver, but I, I did really well with it last week. And I think I had three trophies, which is really high for me. And then I got another one yesterday. Like it's just been performing. So I think the the core of the deck, I think there's always going to be a Wasteland Days deck in Legacy. And with the addition of cards like Gurmog Angler, like the core of Grixis Delver is still very strong. Uh, it just depends on how those cards light up. And it's not as it's not as easy to dig through your deck without just free probes to find what you need. So that's why people are playing extra cantrips. But then then sometimes you get those nothing but cantrip openers and people are killing you on turn two while you're still digging for answers. You ever think Bug Delver is going to come back? I feel Bug Delver has just been out of the picture for so long. I feel like Bug Delver is superior in like the Delver mirrors, but since there's not a lot of Delver around right now or a lot of fair decks in general, then yeah. it, it's got to sit back and wait. Like, like when, uh, you know, when death and taxes kind of first took the, the, the new format by storm, then maybe that would have been a good spot for it. But, uh, but right now, like half, I mean, th- four out of five of your matches in a league, it's probably going to be against combo. True. True. Uh, and speaking of, what's going on? What's with all the combo on Magic Online? We're not seeing that same turnout in paper. I don't know. I'm shocked that it took people, what did we say, five months since the bannings? It took people five months to realize that graveyards are good. And <laughs> yeah. now we're seeing Dredge and Black Red. Like like we had, did we talk about the challenge this past weekend yet? No, not yet. Yeah, and I still know multiple people who have been championing that deck, like Ali Rod, who's the trophy leader right now. He just kind of grinds out reanimator leagues. Um, it's it's great. Like, I, and without Deathrite Shaman, there's not as many answers to these graveyards. So I'm kind of at a loss right now, like to see what what to do about it. A lot of these other combo decks, though, I guess they all fall in the category of that they're sneak and show which defends its combo with counter spells, and then there's like the discard combo decks, which is storm decks and the new depths of deck and then also reanimator where they're just trying to discard you then do their thing Mm -hmm. but unfortunately out of those three decks doing their thing is all a different angle one of them's graveyard one of them's just spells and then uh the other one is through lands so like it it really stretches your sideboards and how you're going to hate out these these decks 
Yeah, it feels like there are just so many different ways to combo off right now that you you can't be prepared with a 15-card sideboard. Like, I often feel it's like, I just wish I could have an extra five cards. Can we increase sideboards to 20? <laughs> I honestly thought that that would be a thing in Magic at some point. And I know they probably talked about it, but we're never going to see that, I don't, I don't think. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, let's talk about the uh, the challenge a little bit. Do you have the undefeated list, Pat? Going into top eight, we had Cliffy on top with uh, Ad Nauseam. Oh, hell yeah, Cliffy. Uh, we had uh, Omnitel, also as a 6-0 list. Uh, Black Red Reanimator, Typhi uh, on Black Red. And Sneak and Show. Uh, and... This deck is listed as white, and it is it is death and taxes. Uh, so those are our those are our five uh, six O's, and I'm so four combo decks and death and taxes were the undefeated. Yeah, list. and then we have uh, let's see the other one, couple five ones, another ant deck. Uh, what's Golgari waste? Is this like black green? Uh, that's depths. Okay, yeah, depths. What what is with these names? Um, yeah, uh, wh- what happened to hex depths? Why are we now doing like slow depths and Golgari decks? Like, <laughs> I, I think- don't know. And they they all seem to be playing the the slow depths version. So yeah, I'm on board with just calling it hex depths. Yeah, same. I mean, they're they're running like uh, Dark Confidant now and and Sylvan Safekeeper in the main, and even this one's running a Him to Torak. <clears throat> so. Um, yeah, so that was a lot of these. A lot of these non-blue combo decks are just getting amazingly consistent, which yeah. is, uh, I think, why now they're being jammed. Like this used to be a brainstorm format, and it, it, to some extent, brainstorm is obviously still the best card in the format. But when you could play something like Golgari Depths and still combo people off on turn two and three consistently, then that's pretty powerful. Yeah, I mean, from from the let's see, from five one decks and up, ten of them are are combo decks. That's got to be more than half. Uh, I can do a quick count, but yeah, it's easily more than half our uh, combo decks. So, and I hate to say it, but Deathrite was just a tool that kept in check a lot of these decks. And even uh, even Storm players will tell you that eating sorceries and instants out of their yard to cut down on threshold or to not let them past in flames back some dark rituals was a big deal. So, uh, graveyards are being abused by past in flames by reanimate spells by things like accumulated knowledge. Like, mm-hmm. graveyards, yeah. are, <laughs> graveyards are in play in Legacy right now. I think it's because everyone's just like, oh, I have two surgical extractions. I'm good. Like, people are not running hard graveyard hate right now. I mean, and two I think- surgicals when you had a death rate that also did some work. <laughs> sure, I'm on board. Right. <laughs> but uh, nowadays, so I'm struggling with the same thing. Like, how many do I run? What's, I mean, how many of those matchups do I expect to run into even like in GPs, you're not seeing this as much, um, right. but the GP meta is always a little bit behind moto. So, uh, so I don't know. Yeah. I feel like we're in that stage where people have realized that graveyard decks are ridiculous and people haven't realized that you need graveyard hate yet <laughs> though. I think they're starting to wake up and probably a month from now, we're going to start seeing an increase in uh, graveyard hate. And you know, two months from that, it might be in the like graveyard graveyard decks are unplayable better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not even just graveyard combo, but kind of the, some of the other cards I mentioned, like graveyards in general, I feel like snapcaster is kind of at its best right now. Also, the fact that you can't just eat that swords to plowshares in response to a snapcaster like you used to with, with death right is suddenly making him about as busted as he can be and and people just it took them a little bit to see it but we're, we're seeing it now yeah for sure yeah 10 out of 16 by the way of the uh top uh, t- say out of the top 16 10 of them are combo decks it's a lot of combo 
that provides opportunity. I think Faradex can fight this stuff. It just uh, he's got to figure out kind of the right mix for it. I think it. it's Blue Red Delver. I'm just saying. Now I just I want to I want to point out real quick though. Uh, ten of the sixteen combo uh, were combo decks. Four of the ten were uh, sneak and show decks, which are which is a combo deck that does not care about the graveyard. True. Mm. True. Bucking the trend. Well, I guess because Delver's down, and I talked to yes. a JPA, like JPA, you know, one of the premier online uh, sneak and show players. We were chatting in game one time, and he, I think he had basically said one time, like Delver was just holding sneak and show back. Like, yeah, and now it's not the top deck anymore. Uh, so here we go. Yep, that, and well, also uh, the de- uh, before this, we had the Death Shadow meta, and that meta was just impossible for Sneak and Show to play in. Yeah, I, feel, <laughs> like, I feel like that was like that came and went pretty quickly, though, right? It did come and go pretty quickly, but I mean, it was still always the the Delver meta. Sure. And Grixis Delver is one of Sneak and Show's absolute worst matchup. Like, top yeah, what happened to that easily. deck? Like, well, I'm wondering why it died off. I tried it a couple times, and I just liked Grixis Delver better. I felt like it was just more fun and it had better tools. But at the same time, like, I saw the power of Shadow, yeah. and yeah. it suddenly just died off. Like, Yeah, I think it's just like it was the hot deck of the week, and a bunch of people tried it, and it was good. But it didn't, like, put up enough results for to make other people who were, you know, slower to adopt. And now that it's not doing anything anymore, no one's really jumping on the train. Yeah, I, I mean, still- Delver Mirrors, it was always kind of... Not easy, but like one of the better ways to brick it was just playing a Pyromancer or a True Name Nemesis. Like a ten ten is a big creature, but it still didn't have any sort of evasion. Yeah, I mean, I still think uh, uh, Shadow is the best deck for a player coming from Modern looking to get into Legacy. Because honestly, if you just take a Modern version of the Shadow deck and add some Force of Wills and Dazes, you basically have the Legacy version. Mm-hmm. Like the the Shocklands are actually a benefit for this deck. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think Shadow's like a, a an aggro deck that just I think with with Ant being such a popular deck right now, I think putting yourself down that many life that much life is a is a serious serious uh, problem. That's my biggest concern. Yeah, t- yeah, t- <laughs> Storm Count three, you're dead. It doesn't feel great. Yep. Whoa, can we talk about this list that five ones? What list are we talking about? Mono black reanimator. Yeah, well, I did want to bring that up. I feel like we've seen a couple mono black reanimator decks. Yeah, this one's pretty well, this cool. Is, I, I want to bring this up because it's only five hundred and sixteen dollars in paper and only a hundred and eleven dollars on Magic Online. So. Five, Does it also have the depth combo in it? Um, um, no, it is not running the depths combo. But okay, there is a version of the deck that yeah it does run that. It'll run uh, Thespian Stage. And uh, some hex mages and uh, dark depths. Um, does the mono black version have Lake of the Dead's in there? It does have Lake of the yes, Dead. It so does. <laughs> eight, eighteen yeah, swamp card. and two Lake of the Dead. Lake of the Dead is a sick card. Uh, <laughs> when it comes into play, sacrifice a swamp or bury it. Tap add a black tier mana pool or sacrifice a swamp. Add four black tier mana pool. Yeah, no I has definitely been laked out of like black red reanimator. Sometimes they bring that in out of the sideboard, and then they start <laughs> hard casting grave titans, and sometimes even uh, freaking grizzle brands. And oh, we're like, yeah. wait a second, my graph digger's cage is not stopping this. <laughs> yep. It is awesome. So yeah, for Grave Titan, it is definitely as much on the reanimate Grave Titan as hard cast Grave Titan plan. Uh, two Massacre Worm, which I love. Uh, an Ashen Rider, which appears to be solely reanimatable. Uh, do they have the Lotus Petals? Negative. No, they, they're not running Lotus Petals, so Ashen Rider is slowly a reanimate target. 
uh, single Grizzle Brand, two Liliana the Veil, four Dark Ritual, four Duress, four Entomb, four Reanimate, four Thoughtseize, two Collective Brutality, four Him to Torak, four Animate Dead. <laughs> this is like, as, <laughs> yeah, this is a straightforward, like, this is a deck I would hand to someone who is, like, not just new to Legacy, but, like, brand new to Magic. And as like, here's something very straightforward. You have a single goal in mind, uh, but you can also have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm surprised they're not running for collective brutality, actually. Um, because other than that, they only have four in tomb as a, a discard out. Oh, well, I guess the thing is they're not actually looking to get it. I mean, they're looking to hard cast most of their threats. There's only one Grizzlebrand, one Ashen Rider, but there is four Grave Titan and two Massacre Worm, which I think, I th honestly think the first game plan is to hard cast <laughs> and then reanimate it once they counter it. <laughs> you can always him yourself, Jerry, too. There's that spicy yeah. tech. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a gambling man. Oh, I am. <laughs> I'm actually surprised that they're not running uh, D Liliana Death's Majesty, because I've been playing with that card in cube a lot and that card I is should... super powerful what is especially that card? In a, well uh with the lake of the dead because it costs five which is why we don't really see it but this deck can easily get to five mana uh, yeah five is the sweet spot for lake right it's the sweet spot for this list and liliana death's majesty is perfect for this style of deck um it makes two two blockers to buy you time and it's a it's a planeswalker that reanimates I'm a big cube guy also. Whenever the cubes come around online, I also like to jam a lot of cubes. Yeah, I did uh I did the modern cube and I three would it. I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm not playing anymore. I got my three oh. Not gonna ruin unlocked. it. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm 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 saving myself for the holiday cube. I know the holiday cube is right around the corner and I am like a crackhead when that comes out. <laughs> he, like, I will I will we will be casting and I'll be like Jerry. Jerry, do you have a response? Like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm in the middle of a match right now. We got powered. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, next couple episodes, Ma, I might uh, commentate a little less if the holiday cube is out, guys. I'm going to forewarn you. Do you remember if that one's powered? Yeah, oh, that's why it's the powered yeah, cube. Okay. So, yeah. The holiday cube is the power. I've called out sick from work to holiday cube. <laughs> like, that is how much I fucking love that I, cube. Dude, I just don't get the allure of cube. I don't understand it. It just never it's never grabbed me, man. It's it's the the holiday cube is what does it for me. Like I'll play cubes, other cubes are fun, but I'm like if someone's like do you want to do legacy or cube and I'm like, "Eh, whatever. I'd rather do legacy." But if it's the holiday cube, I will do the holiday cube over pretty much any what, other format of what's Magic. What's the difference in between the holiday cube and like the vintage cube? Uh, the Holiday Cube and the Vintage Cube are pretty much the same thing. Oh, it's okay. the fact that it's powered. It's, just, it's called the Holiday Cube because they release it around Christmas time every year. I see. I see. But then they have the Legacy Cube and the Modern Cube. Which the Legacy Cube sucks. The Legacy Cube is an affront to magic and should just be deleted. <laughs> I'm sorry, person at Watsy who curates the Legacy Cube. I'm Probably sure you work very hard. But it's just, it, it, it's like, it's diet Holiday Cube oh, is what it is. Yeah. And it feels that way. <laughs> For me, I just like to play arch archetypes that I don't normally play like uh you know i'm just gonna play delver and eldrazi and legacy all the time mm -hmm. but when cubes come around i like 
to draft like BG rocks and like decks that I don't <laughs> normally like to play. That- and then uh, like my group of friends, my local group of friends, we have a pretty sweet legacy cube. And uh, it, then it's just the camaraderie of like getting with your friends and having some beers and like playing magic, you know? Yeah. For me, cube is the format of cards that are just not quite good enough <laughs> because you, because you could only have one of everything. Like you have a bunch of like, Oh, this is what legacy would be like if we all agreed to play slightly bad cards. <laughs> it fools you every time. Like every time I play legacy cube, I think to myself, Ooh, maybe I want to play consecrated. Sphinx. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like you, the, see, the thing is, is uh, playing the legacy cube and the holiday cube leads to you brewing bad decks in legacy. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> Uh, but I love it so. Like I burn, I light so many tickets on fire. Like I can't get in cute. Like it'll be like, all right, I'm just gonna finish this league and then go to bed because it's like three in the morning. And I'm like, all right, I finished this league, but I got, I made my money back. So I'm, I'll do my draft and then I'll go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do that a lot. My favorite way to play Moto in general, and this kind of goes along with like my grinding strategies a little bit too. I love to like play a match or two and then just like let it sit for half a day before I come back to it. It's like, I'd love to start a league 2-0 and then I'll just be like, all right, I'm going to walk away. I get to think about how I'm 2-0 like all day long. <laughs> and then when dad hours come around and I get to play again at night, I get to like start a league at 2-0. Yeah. Um, and well, you know, dad hours, I'm sure. Like oh, you know, yeah. you put the kids, put the kids to bed at like eight 30 and then like, then it's dead. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, also, it's with the cube, 90% of the fun is drafting. Yeah. Like, if I could just, like, draft and have someone, like, rate my deck instead of having to play my matches and award me tickets based on that so I can hop in another cube, like, I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever just abandoned a draft? You're like, this is not going the way Oh, I yeah. You're, you're, like, halfway through pack two, and you're like, man, I fucked up. <laughs> you're like, I don't even want to play these matches. That are yeah, this, this deck is atrocious. <laughs> it's just embarrassing. <laughs> you just, like, you get cut on a color, and you pick up, like, an entire half of a combo deck, like, all reanimate spells, but you just never get another discard outlet for the rest of the draft. <laughs> Welcome to cube. Yep. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So I'm, I'm fucking pumped for, uh, for cube to roll around. Have you been jamming a lot of sneak and show in your locals or anything, Jerry? Uh, I've been doing it a couple of leagues. I've, I've been bouncing back and forth between uh, 12 Post, which I'm just getting clobbered with on Magic Online, and uh, Sneak and Show when I need to recoup my losses. <laughs> uh, so it's running well for you. Yeah, Sneak and Show is kind of how I've been making my money back for all the terrible magic I play with other <laughs> decks. <laughs> um, uh, but actually, in paper, I've been, I haven't really done it much. I'm going to go to FNM tonight with a couple, fr- uh, not tonight, but uh, on Friday with a couple friends. Um, and I've actually been playing aggro loam in paper because oh. the paper meta is totally different. Yeah. I feel like paper is always slightly behind. Like it's just not an optimal meta. I feel like if you could play anything you wanted to play, that's kind of what online is. So like mm-hmm. people are, are really happy to trade in decks, get the best deck and, and then trade that in when the next best deck comes around, but you just don't have that luxury in paper. So I feel like the online meta is probably optimal if you if there were no restrictions whatsoever and then the paper meta you just need to sort of i guess get the feel of what's around you like like this latest gp that was in japan i don't feel like my deck would have done well at this grand prix because i just would not have been prepared for all of like the mono red prison that you that apparently was in japan Mm -hmm. uh you just don't see those decks online anymore Hmm. yeah 
it it's it really is like people will jam moto to practice a deck and it's fine for like learning the play, the lines and all mm-hmm. but there it's definitely a trap of only practicing online because you'll you know, fall into the trap of optimizing your deck for the online meta with your sideboard and your strategies, and you show up for a paper event and you just get ranched by just something completely <laughs> out of left field. Like turn one Blood Moon. I don't think I've seen a turn one Blood Moon in months and months online. Yeah. Yeah, neither have I. Uh, yeah, it's definitely, definitely interesting. I, I like it, though. It's it's kind of refreshing, but it is. I, I Some days I just when I'm feeling just like such overwhelmed with life just having to do so many chores and errands and stuff and just the calamities of being an adult and i'm just like man do i just sell my paper collection and just only play magic online you are jerry you are using the term adult very loosely when, <laughs> when, when applying it to yourself my friend listen i don't want to be an adult you but other just people said like, i they... used to stay up till three in the morning like <laughs> unwisely grinding magic online uh i i need someone to save me for myself i feel like i always want to have the opportunity to play in paper what i play online so it's like i only build online what i could play with my with my paper collection oh interesting so i get caught in that same uh in that same like decision making i'm just like well maybe i want to build miracles online but i'm thinking like well i could never build miracles in paper so what if i love it and then i just like would never then i got to go spend thousands of dollars on tundras and stuff like it's it kind of like restricts myself just to play what i have you, you could just do what i do and build decks and then never play them and then trade the cards out to build other decks <laughs> yeah, that you never at a loss play. <laughs> Pat is just paying tithes to. Uh, yeah, I tithe uh, to all my favorite vendors. All the t- you can ask Jerry. I've yeah. built. I have built multiple decks and never played them. <laughs> yeah, buys cards, never plays them, sells them back for buy lists. Yeah, I just sent. I just sent off blue black death shadow so I could build Grixis Delver. <laughs> oh man! Yep. Uh, one thing I think I'm going to sign up for because I'm in the situation where like I have a large paper collection and a very small Magic Online collection. Uh, like Tom Hep is my magic online sugar daddy he's the only reason why i can even play half the decks i play on magic online um but i always feel like i have all these cool ideas and i i want to put them together in paper but i don't have paper events to go to and then i have all the time in the world to play magic online but i'm stuck with the same two decks on magic online <laughs> so it's quite the situation yeah, yeah i think i'm gonna try out this mana traders yeah have you guys know, heard about this yeah that's i know uh, that uh tom and ian uh swear by it it's something uh, legacy decks have like really come down in price on Magic Online, so you don't have to have like as high of a tier subscription to be able to afford a lot of the legacy decks. That's probably mm-hmm. something that's worth trying out. Well, what I liked is they just changed the reason why I never used them is they had uh they charged extra for legacy cards. Like, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah, So in order to get legacy cards, you had to like buy a higher subscription, but now they're doing it. Um, that, uh, if you are a member for 12 months, they, uh, waive the, uh, the legacy subscription after that. So I know a lot of guys who use it too. It sounds like a great way to be able to play a lot of different decks online. I I would support it. Uh, I guess like with my, with the way I like to play though, especially when I was just talking about how I, Sometimes we'll sit on a 3-0 for a day before I go back and finish it. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with mana traders. Like you'll have to finish your league so you can give things back. Yeah, I don't know what it or is. Or just the time that you have the cards is limited or something like that. Yeah, I think it's like it's not like on a monthly calendar. I, I maybe we should actually look into it before we just slander <laughs> this company. Well, it's not even that. It's just like the it, the concept is really cool. I just don't know how they execute it to make it like make it profitable for them but also, you know, convenient for the players. 
I, I would actually like to know who's behind it. If anyone knows and can put us in contact with them, that'd be awesome. Cause yeah. that he, they would actually be a, a cool person to have on, come on because this is a theory that people have talked about even with paper magic cards yeah. in the past. Yeah, and definitely. you, it never really worked with paper magic cards cause condition is an issue and making sure cards come back in the same condition and you know, what would be collateral and fines and it's, it's a mess in paper, mm-hmm. but you know, digital objects are digital objects. Mm. Um, but as far as sometimes taking like a full day to play a league or something, I'm sure Pat can appreciate it because i just i have a two-year-old so i i feel like i jam games like all throughout the day and it'll just be like i have 20 minutes i can just kind of grind out a game and then i gotta go run and clean up some poop yeah. you might not get back to it until until the nighttime or something so it, yeah I, I, magic is the perfect game for that like i i feel like i'm, I'm exclusively playing magic lately just because the attention span that you need to play it can be really short. You can be doing multiple things. If you have to go run and change a diaper real fast in between a turn, like your opponent doesn't know that you're doing that. Like you can get back in a reasonable time and they won't be too upset. But if you were playing like Counter-Strike, you would have been dead like six times over by the time that you came back. (laughs) What other other games do you play besides uh, besides Magic? (laughs) Well, I guess like we talked about earlier, I I played a lot of the Blizzard games and and tried it like Mm semi-competitively as far as like StarCraft and WarCraft. And then... uh, Man, I was big into like my wife can tell you that like my my obsession before like Legacy Moto leagues came around. Uh, I was playing a ton of Diablo three, mm-hmm. but I really liked the hardcore version to where if you died, you just died. Hmm. So you would like create a character and grind it up to like level fifty or whatever, and then if you happen to like just go into the wrong dungeon and die. You had to start all the way back over at zero. (laughs) I know it just added like, it almost would be like playing magic for auntie. Like (laughs) it's just every time you logged in was a do or die moment. Um, But I definitely play a lot of the fallout games and just the single player things. That's just kind of what all you have time for. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, Jerry, was there anything else you wanted to cover today? Um, I think we, we did covered everything I wanted to talk about. We covered a lot. We got through a lot. Um, uh, Lewis, is there anything you wanted to talk about before we started wrapping up here? Um, no, I mean, that, that all sounds pretty good. Like, again, it was, thanks for inviting me. It was, it's fun to yeah, yeah, man. chat with you boy. guys for sure. I've been playing this game since like 1994. So I, I started playing and revised. Um, and I remember when like a friend invited me over and we cracked his first like starter deck and we were trying to learn the rules. And like back then, you know, they had a little play mat that you would unfold and it would kind of tell you the different steps and phases of the game. And it just grabbed me hard and, uh, and it hasn't really let go. There's been you know, time periods in my life where I haven't played Magic, but you always just find yourself coming back. Yeah, always coming back. I had that same exact <laughs> experience. I still remember the first time. First time I uh, ever saw Magic, it was because one friend was uh, bitching at another friend's that he bolted his uh, Atog instead of his uh, the other guy's uh, Wild Mongrel. And I, like, wandered over to the, hear them arguing about that. <laughs> I was like, all right, this, this, seems, this seems interesting. <laughs> yeah, it, it's an awesome game. For sure. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, this was, this was sweet. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Yeah, for sure. Not a problem. All right. Uh, if people people want to get a hold of you, uh, do you do the social media thing? You know, not really. I still haven't even signed up for Twitter. So, like, <laughs> I have a Facebook, but it's mostly just family pictures. If you want to come see my stream, I occasionally stream once a month. It's just at twitch.com backslash LewisCBR. Uh, I'll take a day off of work near the end of the month, about once a month, and just uh, we'll jam a bunch of Delver Leagues mm-hmm. and get salty at opponents and stuff. So it's always <laughs> always a good time awesome all right cool jerry you uh you got any scoops this week 
Uh, scoops, scoops, scoops. I feel like I did. I wrote them down. Uh, oh, uh, Neil Morrison. Uh, I'm scooping him in because he uh, bought some raffle tickets for the Time Vault. Mm-hmm. And uh, he actually said, uh, I think he did like 21. He said like 15 for me. And I want you to just give six uh, raffle tickets out to members of the community who uh, you think uh, deserve it. Hell yeah, that's awesome. S- yeah, so uh, when we do the raffle, we're going to pick uh, six people uh, from the Facebook page and uh, award them out. Uh, just people who are, I, I see and notice, uh, you know, just making good contributions and just being all right dudes and dudettes. <laughs> any uh, any poops this week? Uh, fucking Christmas music, man. It's already <laughs> happened. I hate it. I can't stand it. It's everywhere. Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You is just constantly playing in the back of my mind, and uh, I just want to take a lead pipe to Have it. Have you heard the uh, the game where you try to avoid hearing Wham's Last Christmas for the entire holiday season, and if you get if you get Wham, you have to like post about it on Twitter with a hashtag? What's Wham's Last Christmas? You know, la- you know that song, Last Christmas? It's a, like a George Michael song. You, If you heard it, you know it. See, I want to know what the song is, but now if I listen to it, I will have lost I, the game. Well, I feel like, I feel like if, you, <laughs> if you truly don't know what it is, if you look up the, I would look up the lyrics first. And then if that doesn't okay. ring a bell, then maybe you could get, maybe you can get away with like a, a quick listen. Because just just I'm sure you've heard the song. It's one of the most... Uh, saccharine, just awful Christmas songs. You so you can listen to like you can hear covers. That's fine. Like uh, Taylor Swift does a good cover of the song, but you can't hear the original song. And and we're we're three days into into the holiday season, and I, have, I haven't heard it yet, and I'm feeling really good about it. I'm feeling real good about it. Um, awesome. All right. Well, so uh, let me see. I have a couple of scoops this week while uh, while Jerry's looking up the lyrics to Last Christmas. Um, <laughs> I'm scooping in. Uh, I kind of want to watch this music video. It looks very trashy. Uh, go for it. Uh, Ian from the Dead Format for just being like the most on point with his memes. So everyone saw like the <laughs> the uh, what the hell the Venn diagram he did for us uh, for us and uh, the Dead Format between myself and Jerry and Ian and Tom, and it was just it was so it was so funny. I look at it, I still look at it like <laughs> every other day and laugh. Um, and he just did one with uh, D and D character alignments and posted up on the Facebook page. And uh, <laughs> it's 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 like the dead format and friends, and it's really it's really good. So uh, th- shout out, big shout out to Ian for just being hilarious. Um, we also had a bunch of new patrons this week: Sean McClure, Alex M, and Joshua Pershbacher. Thank you so much for uh, for joining. Uh, for joining the uh, the the Patreon family, um, I sent you guys the Discord link uh, just now. So if you're hearing this, hopefully you you have seen that. I know the last one I sent expired after 24 hours, and not everyone saw it. So hopefully you guys are able to see it now. Um, and also, I just want to sh- give a shout out to all the people who have ordered the Leaving Legacy hoodies. That all the do- all the oh, proceeds yeah. are going to the uh, to our charity drive here for Christmas. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna read out the names real quick because uh, I got time for that. So Oren Schumacher, uh, Marshall. Richard Spoonholtz, uh, we have an anonymous donor. Mike Hilton, Matt Hackbert, Stephen Newman, Cyrus Corman Gill, uh, the kid who's been on like the most insane heater of all time. Um, Sebat, oh, now I gotta pop up. Sebastian Fernand, for, I'm sorry, Sebastian Fernandez, Michael <laughs> Ames, and Stephen Long and Sugar Time. So thank you guys so much for uh, for for donating to the cause, uh, for getting the hoodies. Uh, send us pictures on the Facebook page when you get your hoodies in the mail. Send us some pictures yeah, of you man. guys staying warm. And uh, the hoodie drive is still up, so if you missed the hoodies the first time, it's going to go, I think, until December 27th is the yeah, last day. Yeah, you got day. like 26 days left on this, but try to get it in 
as soon as you can so that we kind of know where we're at. We know what we have to work with uh, when we do this uh, this <laughs> this shopping spree that we're going to go on, which is going to be awesome. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, and then I'm trying to think, do I have any poops this week? Uh, I don't think I really have any poops this week. Oh, um, you know what? I'm just going to give an honorable mention. This is an honorable scoop to Baiju, who, uh, <laughs> who messaged me because I pooped <laughs> on him last week. And he was... Uh, <laughs> He was really funny and really gracious, and uh, he took it all in good fun. So uh, he's he's coming on next week. Yeah, Pat. I can't I can't wait to talk to him. I'm super excited. Maybe you can explain to me what he actually does with his company. I know he's got like <laughs> you said he has some like like legitimate real TV spots that we're scooping on next week, right? Yeah. Well, so he was telling me so uh, because of his company, whenever he does an interview, which our cast is an interview, uh, it has to be reviewed by Finra. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes the Wall Street Journal picks up on it because he doesn't give any. So he's saying there's a strong possibility that this episode is going to have to be reviewed by FINRA, which is uh, like the stock market regulatory body. And we were just talking about like the FINRA agent sitting in their office listening to us. Like he's he, like they monitor for like insider trading and to make sure that you know, no one's like giving out you know information that isn't public should be publicly available. Yeah, sure. And he's just going to listen to us talking about magic the whole time. That's going to be awesome. I can't wait. <laughs> Um. Uh. Yeah, and that's it. I got. I got no poops this week. Um. How about How about you, uh, uh, uh Lewis? Who do you want to scoop into top eight this week? Uh. Yeah. Let me give a shout out to. Uh. I'm. I'm big in the Twitch community. I like to just have Twitch on in the background while I'm cooking dinner or dealing with this kid and stuff. So, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite legacy streamers right now. His name is Archon. He's the uh, you know the head of the Jedi Council. He uh is probably the most consistent legacy streamer out there right now. So. Shout out to Archon. Thanks for doing what you do. You're streaming Legacy almost every day, and not a lot of people are. Um, and then also, so I was watching this one stream. The guy plays like Legends Miracles. His name is like Jim Les- Jim. <laughs> Joe, Joe, Joe. I'm sorry. What was it again? You don't. You don't know Joe. Joe Mama. <laughs> <laughs> so my poops this week are you guys for falling for a Joe Mama. <laughs> I didn't fall I for anything. I, just wanted, I, I, wanted I thought that. that was a Joe Lissette troll. It wasn't us troll. It wasn't us troll. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys can, uh, of course, find us on Twitter at JMEE3RD. You can find me at Pet Hugo. The stream when we do it is twitch.tv slash leaving a legacy. Find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. Find us on Hipsters. Join the Facebook group. You can email us uh, nice things to leaving a legacy at hipstersofthecoast.com. And of course, thanks to Justin Lutz. He's our audio tech and our sound engineer, and making sure that I don't say anything that would uh, get me in trouble for insider trading on the podcast. So, big shout out to Justin. <laughs> I don't think Justin is uh, qualified to protect you from that, Pat. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm counting on him, so. <laughs> I'm, my, my future's in your hands, Justin. Remember, I have two small children and a wife that I support, so uh, don't fuck me, all right? <laughs> There's been a lot of pressure on her. Well, you know? <laughs> so you just told me you have to go learn, like, insider trading law? No, just don't let me complex. say anything I can't say. That's all, you know. Get that beep button ready. Beep, 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 beep. You can air horn just, it out. Uh, Justin, just beep out literally everything past this. <laughs> yeah, just blank me. Like, straight up blank me. <laughs> Uh, Lewis, thanks so much for coming on the cast, man. It was great to have you. Yeah, guys, thanks again. Appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, Jerry. Yes. Uh, I don't know. How do we end? I don't. We haven't ended this the episode lately. I feel like we just kind of trail off. Is that what we're gonna do on this one too? Bye. <laughs>